Well, it is my great honor for me to present my inaugural lecture to you in this very special place. Uh, in this lecture, I would like to uh, discuss the origins, developments, and the laws of partial differential equations in our change world. Uh, I spent my childhood in the beautiful area of Aljo Bay, where the Jinjiang River, originated from western Zhejiang province, ran into the East China Sea. This is a great place to observe a fantastic nature phenomena. Okay. So I remember when I was three years old, my parents took me to watch the magnificent Jinjiang River tide ball on the mid-autumn days in Chinese calendar. Uh, it could reach a height of about nine meters, a speed of 40 kilometers an hour. I was truly impressed by this sharp front, uh, sharp front for a that propagate uh, in a very organized fashion from east to west uh, along the Jinjiang River. The, that was my first encounter with this giant wave. Uh, the, now in mathematical term, this is called shock front, shock wave. The, how to make? Okay, anyway, so this is a, <laughs> so still this is a believer young man uh, was surfing this giant tide waves. Uh, so I was also, then after then I was really puzzled about the various patterns of the formed by water motion, like uh, Leonardo da Vinci you know, the, in rivers, in lakes, and uh, even the in kitchen sink in my house. <laughs> okay, so I was really fascinated with this all rich uh, uh, phenomena, also rich phenomena formed by the air and water uh, around me, okay? So here's the typhoon, uh, normally uh, formed in West Pacific Ocean, traveling into the East China Sea. Uh, often slam into the uh, area of Hangzhou Bay. Uh, here's a tornado. Actually, I also observed uh, later on in the area, in Chicago area in the United States. Then shock wave along the uh, supersonic objects actually will strike me greatly. Okay. Here's a labyrinthine shock wave formed around the breathing and the supersonic aircraft. Also by various explosion, by TND surface explosion and the supernova explosions. So very, in many cases, uh, it, uh, it seems very chaotic and turbulent. Uh, locally, but globally, well behaved. So one of such phenomena is called flocking phenomena by the birds. You can formulate various uh, very beautiful patterns 
globally. And the same situation, the, the Mexican waves in the packed stadium. So such observation actually has been successfully used by impressionist artists, especially pro impressionist artist painter in 19th century. This example, okay, the painting made by George Peel Salon. Then I was also I was curiously with about the various sophisticated geometrical structure created by nature. Uh, for them, created by the plant leaves like here, and uh, flowers, uh, even uh, for protein foldings structure. Okay, so with those fascinating observation of nature phenomena, so I was wondering what are underlying rationale laws behind this rich phenomena? Are there any efficient way to describe? predict those rich dynamic phenomena in our changing world. So finding an answer to this question was one of my childhood dreams. So first time when I first touched to calculus, I was immediately attracted by this beautiful mathematical theory concerned with changes. Okay, one of the core uh, concepts in calculus is derivatives. So a derivative actually is a measure of how a function changes as its input changes. More precisely, the, a derivative of function if x with respect to variable x is equal to change rate of the function at that point. For example, we consider uh, a moving particle in the plane. So trajectory of moving particles we call the position function choose out a curve. Such curve, mathematically, we form as a function, like those kind of functions, okay? Now the derivative of this function is the velocity of this particle, moving particles, okay? Now the second derivative of this position function, the first derivative of velocity function, is the acceleration. So geometrically, uh, if the, this is a curve, then the first derivative is the slope of the tangent line, okay? The second derivative is uh, uh, related with curvature of this curve, okay? This is the, for that, okay? Now, as far as I know, there are four notions about derivatives, okay? So I created here. As a new thing, uh, like use the dot as a derivative, then the Lebanese use the dfx dx, and uh, Lagrangian use the prime, like that. So oil, I always use a D. So many in different textbooks, they use different notions for that. Okay. Now, we are living in the world of the three-dimensional space. So many quantities, they are not only depend on one variable, okay? Usually it depends on time and the location. So we depend on several variables, okay? Then this requires the partial derivatives, okay? So a partial derivative of function, for them, if t is up to the two-dimension case, is a derivative with respect to one of those variables, with others hold a constant, okay? In other words, the partial derivative is the change rate of the quantity with respect to that variable with the other hold constant. 
For, the, for example, this is like a surface you can represent by a function of two variables. So you hold a constant one variable, then will be this function represent a curve on the surface. So then partially delivered the slope of these curves in the surface, okay, with dilation. The same with the other variable, you can do the derivative slope of the other variables, okay? So, uh, for partial derivative, we usually use notion along uh, the D, okay, which first introduced by Legendre in 1786. Okay, now we use partial derivative with respect for the time, means uh, fix x when x to you take a derivative of this variable, then we add on this form sometime. Okay, whereas other x variables, we add this form. So this is the same for high dimension case. We can do the same thing. Now, for, sometimes we use a gradient, okay? Now we call it Hamiltonian operator is a vector as a partial derivative of all those variables, okay? So there's no thing for that. Then when I first learned the first course of partial differential equation, I find well, that was really I should study to answer my uh, childhood question. So this is a partial, deriv a partial differential equation related with a function. As I mentioned, some unknown function we really want to know, okay? It really depend on not only time, also depend on location, other variables, okay? Then for example, like uh, uh, those quantity frequencies, temperatures for propagation of sound and heatings, velocity, density, pressure, momentum for motion of fluids, and the displacement, surface tensions, curvatures for motion of elastic materials. So in order to understand those changes later of those functions, we require partial derivatives. There are partial differential equations that relation involve this unknown function and their partial derivative with respect variable t and x, slow equal sign. For example, here, equation I can write as first order equation, Relationally presented by as a function, okay, between partial delivery with ut, gradient ux, and so forth. Now, in many physical systems, usually we want to know more than one unknown functions, which satisfy more than one relations. Okay, then this kind of partial differential system of partial differential equations. So, really, uh, partial differential involves uh, some unknown function of dependent more than one variables. So the more general than ordinary differential equation as we uh, learned in differential equation. Well, this reminded me of a true story, actually. Once I met a novelist in American literature, after she got to know me, my research areas, partial differential equations, she looked at me with a full of puzzling and asked, why you study differential equation partially, <laughs> not wholly? That was really a good question. It turns out that we had a really uh, very pleasant time together. Finally, she agreed with me the term partial differential equation uh, is a, really a good term, even literally. Uh, now, also, we cannot avoid equal sign. Actually, I would like Prado uh, to mention that actually equal sign was invented by Oxford Graves, okay? uh, Robert Lickel. In, in his book in 1557. So that time, of course, his notion, the, he also introduced plus sign and minus sign. Of course, that time he introduced equal sign much longer than nowadays, even plus sign. 
But I had a really hard time to read through this paragraph because it was written in the early uh, modern English before uh, Shakespeare. Uh, now, partial differential equation allows in actually mainly for two sources, okay? One is from, the first one from fundamental law of, and the principles in the sciences, including microscopic law and principles, uh, microscopic, mesoscopic law of principles, uh, also uh, microscopic scaling and proced uh, procedures from microscopic, mesoscopic pro process. The second source from actual mathematics itself, as mathematical rationales, uh, principles, uh, include like compatibility condition, consistent condition, constraint, uh, cri critical points, as well as the mathematical tools, instruments, and the generalization, completeness, uh, also beauty and the curiosity and imaginations. The, the, um, the study of partial differential equation actually started in 18th centuries in the work by Euler, the Lambert, Lagrangian, Laplace, and the many mathematicians as a central tool in the dis description of mechanics of continuum. Uh, more generally, as a principal mode of analysis of modes in sciences. Uh, this principal mode is still one of the fundamental concerns of the development of partial differential equation un until today. Beginning in the middle of 19th centuries, part particularly with the work of Riemann, PDE become an essential tool in other branch of mathematics. This duality of viewpoint has been essential to the analysis of partial differential equation until today. Okay? Now for linear partial differential equation, satisfactory theory has been established through the effort of several generations. Many, most partial differential equations, as I mentioned from two resources, are actually nonlinear. So it's much more challenging, more difficult. Um, but for application, more important, of course. But now it's really a current mainstream research in mathematics and other sciences. Okay. Now uh, I present one example uh, of the class of nonlinear partial differential equation from this uh, uh, category, okay? Basically from the uh, microscopic law uh, in continuous physics. So this law is called conservation law, okay? So it asserts rate of changes of total amount of certain quantity contained in a fixed domain, for them in this domain, equal to the flux of this quantity across the boundary of the region. In other words, the amount of such quantity in any region can be measured by accounting for how much of it is currently presented and how much of it ends on the leave the region in any fixed period of time. Well, typical examples of the three fundamental law of nature, the conservation law of mass, conservation law of momentum, conservation law of energy, which it can formulate this form. Mathematically, we can formulate this conservation as following. Suppose I denote u as the density of this quantity, 
when your integration of this density quantity, density quantity over whole domain is a total amount of this quantity. Now the change rate means you take a derivative with respect to t, right? So the statement that the total the rate of change should equal to the flux of the quantity across the boundary. Okay, so this is a mathematical statement for this conservation law. Now use uh, uh, simple calculus manipulations and use this law holds for any domain, okay? Then we can derive from here to get this first order partial differential equation if the function of u in general. So this is the nonlinear partial differential equations. Now in certain system, actually there are more than two, more than uh, one uh, quantities and set by several laws. Then the form system, okay? So then you can learn the system of conservation laws. Then it's a form like that. Now the notion is simple to describe, but actually mathematical treatment presents few difficulties for that, this kind of PDE. Uh, one typical example of that is a Euler equation for compressible flow, uh, which consists use this formulation, then conserving mass, momentum, and energy. This system covers the flow flow when convective motion dominates the diffusion dissipations. So for those motions, especially involve shock waves like gases, elastic flow, and shear waters. So many scientists actually have studied this, uh, has been studied this, uh, this equation a long time ago and made a great contribution, especially many British scientists uh, the, made the important contribution for studying the analysis of these systems. I would like special mention George Stokes. He was probably the first scientist to try to characterize the uh, discontinued jumps, now we call shock waves, mathematically, through this uh, equation. Uh, now, mathematical, rigorous mathematical study for the, cons the nonlinear conservation law start with the actual scalar equations in the work by, in around the last century, 40, in 1940s in the work by Lax, Hope, Orlenic, and many others. So a uh, very satisfactory theorem has been uh, established through the effort of several generations uh, for that. Now, great progress has been made for one-dimensional case, especially uh, started with Lax and Glim, listened by Biaccini, Brizal, for real postness for solution of small total variations, as well as now existing theory for solution of larger oscillations by now the modern uh, function analytic technique called compensate companies. But still, there are many important problems are open, like uniqueness, stability for solution of larger oscillations. Now, for multi-dimensional cases, it's much more complicated, like more challenge, but scientifically more appealing since we are living in the world with the full of shock waves. As I'm sure you this all shock waves exist in those, many, those kind of high speed uh, objects, fly objects, also like various explosions for that, right? So when those kind of shock wave hits some uh, the objects, okay? Uh, obstacles, especially some special optical geometry, 
all them, some flight objects meet those shock waves, then shock reflection, deflection problem arises there. So one of the uh, fundamental problems uh, shock, shock reflection, deflection by two-dimensional wedge. Okay, set up is the following. Here's a two-dimensional wedge, the plane shock moving from far field at a constant speed. So before reach to this wedge, this keep the same like plane shock just moving. Then the question is, what happens when this shock reach to the uh, vertex of wedge? And what kind of wave pattern it may form Around this wedges, so this setup is really simple, right? But however, the the wave pattern are extremely complicated. Right? The first scientist who observed the complexity of those configuration was Ernst Mach in 1879. In his uh, actually experimental from his experimental result, he found two. Uh, Two different types of configuration called non-legal reflection, Maha reflections. Now, the, since the importance of this, the fundamental importance of this problem, I checked as a mini scientist uh, around the 1940s to revisit this problem, but especially the experimental scientists. They do various experiments in the labs around the world. What do they find the situation much more complex than Maha observed? Okay. So one case is a uh, uh, like this uh, shock, when this angle large enough for if we fixed the stress of shock, then after a little time we would find this new shock wave formed. This is called reflected uh, uh, shock waves. So when this incident shock move on, the reflected shock moves uh, backwards for that as a, as a direction. Okay? So this is a picture very, really beautiful, and uh, you can see this very self-similar and. Seems the floor very smooth here, there's no boundary layer even very nicely. Now, the same problem, if you change the wedge angle, a little small, then the situation is much more complicated. You see? You form, instead of two-wave configuration, you can form the four-wave configuration, three shocks and one vortex shoots. So now we call this mahalifra, simple mahalifraction. Now, if you decrease the angle a little more, then even now we've observed this four-wave configuration and this vorticity waves from that. Even very recently, a new pattern has been discovered uh, by through the modeling and then numerical computation and experiments, experimental results. For them, behind the Maha stem, they form the supersonic bubbles. From bubbles, they generalize, uh, generate the series of shock waves about that. So the scientific issue, uh, we really want to understand the first the structure of those patterns, the second transition criteria between the patterns. Then we want to really, hopefully, we want to understand the dependence of those patterns on those parameters. Very important, we can know the wedge angle, right? I show you a picture there. It depends on wedge angle, also depends on how strong String, uh, the, the, the stress of the shock waves. This is now rep represented by we call it the flow dynamic Maha number. And so it all depends on what kind of flow okay, we're talking about. So those issues have been studied through in, uh, various interdisciplinary approaches. Okay? As I show you the first uh, approaches, then there are also a lot of work 
through this large and small scaling scientific computing, I just list the earliest contributed now from more than 400 papers in these directions. Also, asymptotic analysis, even earlier in 1942, for example, Hill, Joe Keller, and many people start trying to think and analyze those patterns. So what we are thinking is whether it's possible we develop rigorous mathematical analysis to construct the, those patterns globally, for them existence, stability, regularity, and the bifurcations. So this regular analysis is very important somehow, in, especially for them, we want to 